Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? TheLastSymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often. There are also a few modest paid resources at TheLastSymptom.com. These support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has. These include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of five or ten minutes in length. If you're just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. I hope you enjoy. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares, and by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back. This is your tireless host, Mr. Brian Barnett, but my friends call me Mr. Brian Barnett. I'm kidding. They they just call me Brian. Today isn't actually Thursday. I'm publishing this early as a way to get some episodes in the bank early on. Today, rather than focus on a single aspect of borderline personality disorder, uh, as I often do, I thought we'd use this episode to discuss a few things that have to do with the program itself, my approach, why am I so harsh sometimes, and why am I always hacking on the professional community, (laughs) things of this nature. So without further ado, let's talk about the podcast itself. What can you expect with the podcast moving forward? I'm going to continue with the original format, which is taking one aspect of borderline personality disorder, breaking it down, and explaining it. The objective being that a greater overall picture is going to begin to form for you and your ability to make all these connections as if it were a large puzzle is what will eventually be your cure. You know, a mechanic doesn't learn how a carburetor works. Well, 
a lot of cars don't have carburetors anymore. Let's use a different example. A mechanic doesn't learn how a piston works and then suddenly have a clear, masterful understanding of an engine or a motor. No, he has to learn all the different components. But even that's not enough. Because then he has to learn and understand how each component interacts with every other component to form the motor as a whole. So, in a nutshell, this is the cure to borderline personality disorder. Not just identifying the two primary distorted core beliefs at the root of the disorder, but then clearly seeing how each aspect of the disorder relates back to them and also how they play off each other. So that's my intention with the podcast, the website, YouTube, and the support group. Given bite-sized pieces that will eventually lead to an overall broader comprehensive understanding of the entire disorder. And if I do my job right as the dispenser of information, eventually you won't need me at all. The law of diminishing returns is going to kick in, you see. And you're going to be able to take what you have learned and do the rest of the work yourself. There are some very specific individuals that come to my mind who I think are already well on their way. They have the focus and the determination to do it. It's like a diet, you know. It requires a certain determination and attitude. And I can see that same spirit reflected in some of the people I've been corresponding with. So... Some episodes of the podcast will continue to be me breaking down a specific aspect of the disorder, and then other episodes will feature a guest. Will the focus of these particular podcasts be for me to solve all the guest problems by the end of the show? No. Instead, these episodes are going to be an opportunity for individuals to share their individual experience, as well as their individual struggles in recovery. And perhaps most importantly, for them to share their individual achievements, their progress, and their breakthroughs. Pretty confident that these episodes are going to help you see that your situation is not as entirely unique as you might think. You aren't some freakish exception that's too far beyond recovery. No, if you fit the same pattern as somebody else, and that person's making progress, then you too can make progress. How do I choose which guest is going to be on next? In my imperfect way, I try to create a balance of personalities and issues. So, for example, if there's, if on one program I have a guest who is early on in their recovery, maybe in the next program I'll choose somebody who's a little further advanced. Uh, I also try to create some kind of balance between personalities, uh, region, male and female, that sort of thing. We have such a wide range of personality types and cultural backgrounds that's going to be reflected in the program from the United States to Brazil, India, China, Turkey, almost all of Europe. So uh, we're really going to get to see how borderline personality disorder, its symptoms, its cause, and its cure don't discriminate. Now let's talk about me for a minute and try to discuss some of the questions that you might have. First of all, why do I go through the hassle of speaking the entirety of the disorder's name so often? Have you noticed that I tend to avoid shortening it to BPD? There's a reason for it. First of all, it takes about 0.0001 second longer 
to say borderline personality disorder than to say BPD. But also, a lot of people confuse BPD with bipolar. So to eliminate any confusion, I usually just say or write out the entire name. And furthermore, you're not going to catch me referring to people with the disorder as borderlines. No, I, I don't like that. So you're not dogs. It's like uh, people, you know, who have this breed of dog called a, a border collie. They often refer to them as borders. You, you know, you're not dogs. The respectful way to discuss the topics, to do so in a way that reflects an appreciation that we're talking about two different things here. People and the disorder they have. We don't lump the two things together here in Brian Barnett world because even though the disorder is a part of you currently and it does define you currently, it's not an inherent reality. In other words, there's no reason why it has to continue being a part of you or continue defining you. And it's not like the color of your eyes. It's simply a disorder and it's a disorder that can be fixed. It's like a person who's illiterate. You know, he's not an illiterate. He's simply illiterate. His literacy isn't an inherent part of him. He can learn to read if he does what's necessary to achieve it. And if he can change his state of literacy, he could never be inherently defined by that thing to begin with, could he? Now, let's talk about the professional community for a minute and my attitude towards them. Am I harsh on the professional community? No, I am not. Because harsh refers to undeserved treatment, and stating facts is not harsh. Are we talking about a group of people here that I unfairly criticize? No, and I'll explain why. First of all, it's important to note that when I speak of the professional community's failures, I'm speaking of them broadly as a group. Within the professional community, there are many, many, many individuals who are exceptional therapists, psychologists, counselors, and psychiatrists. They follow my articles, they refer their patients to my work, they listen to my podcasts, they contact me with questions, and the level of humility and sincerity this must require on their part, given that I speak so frankly about the failings of the professional community as a whole, is not lost on me. These are the types of professionals that I would certainly want to work with if I were still dealing with borderline personality disorder, and I have nothing but praise for them. Now, as a group, the professional community occupies a special and trusted place in society. And what this means is that as a group, they have voluntarily accepted a responsibility, and with it, they also gladly accept the accolades, the adoration of peers, an elevated level of respect in their communities, you know, some of them go on to write books and establish treatments. And in the case of borderline personality disorder, these books are erroneous. And the established treatments are nothing more than techniques for learning how to superficially live forever trying to control the symptoms of the disorder. So what's more harmful? No answers or incorrect answers. Let's say you want to defuse a nuclear bomb and you call up a bomb expert What's more detrimental? If he tells you that he doesn't know, you're going to have to figure out which wire to cut on your own. Or if he tells you to incorrectly cut the blue wire. I'll let you think that over on your own. In the case of borderline personality disorder, 
when the professional community embraces false information, perpetuates it, and their only solutions are coping techniques. You know, that's what dialectical behavior therapy is, by the way, an elaborate coping strategy. But they neither help you to distinguish the symptoms of your disorder from the cause, nor do they explain to you what the cause is so that you can authentically fully recover from the disorder and then not have a necessity to rely on coping strategies. This is unacceptable. You know, it's not just some guy in your neighborhood feeding you bad information. No. Remember, we're talking about an elevated, entrusted group of people here who enjoy great benefits in society. So what happens the greater one's elevation in society is? Well, the greater their inherent responsibility, no? The greater their accountability must be. So what some people mistake as harsh talk on my part is not harsh. I simply refuse to ignore the reality or to avoid talking about it whenever it's relevant, merely to avoid upsetting a group of people, a group of people who's tasked with having the answers, who voluntarily occupy that elevated position, and who have no qualms about charging people in genuine need more than they can often afford to finance their often lavish lifestyles. So that's my stance on that. I recognize their importance. I recognize and I laud the finer ones among them. And I gladly point out that they exist out there. At the same time, I warn you who are suffering and looking for genuine answers to not trust them as a group based merely on their position in society. You have to scrutinize them and find the ones that are truly worthy of your time. And that doesn't always happen with the first therapist you schedule an appointment with, or even the fifth or the tenth. In my case, the psychologist who finally gave me real, honest-to-God, practical, solid answers was approximately the fifteenth person I sat down with. The others wasted two years of my life, and they had no trouble at all cashing my checks while providing me no practical, genuine answers at all. How about my seeming lack of patience from time to time with people I interact with, either on the Facebook group or through correspondence? Here's what it comes down to. I'm not here to do things for you. And I'm not interested in spending my free time on people who don't have, a, who don't have sincere intentions. And let me explain what I mean by this. I've said many times that the people I do my BPD work for are those who are sincere and receptive. This means that I put information out there and people are either primed and ready to absorb it or they're not. I'm not interested in having arguments where I have to convince people individually of the principles I teach because there's no reason at all for me to spend my time that way. Those are the types of discussions a person gets into when his objective is to be right, that is, to win arguments, to skillfully outmaneuver others intellectually. Does it seem to you that I'm interested in this sort of thing at all? No, because I don't have to do that. So why would I? Let me set up the scenario for you. I'm a person who once had borderline personality disorder, and now I don't. 
I spent seven long years figuring it all out. At the risk of sounding high and mighty, I already know the answers. I'm not looking for answers on how to recover from borderline personality disorder. I've already done it. When I put out information about how to recover, there's only one reason and one reason only why I'm putting that information out there. So that anybody who wants to do the work themselves can benefit themselves of that information. That's it. That's the entirety of my motivation. So then somebody comes along with graphs and bogus scientific articles written by the same professional community who says that BPD is a mental illness, when in reality it's an emotional disorder. And this person wants to argue that the disorder is actually genetic and that my explanation of how parents subtly invalidate their children's feelings has nothing ultimately to do with it at all. Is that person sincere or receptive? No. Their intentions are not genuine. And I have not one cell in my body that cares to waste a single second of my time on that person. Because remember, I don't have to. So why would I? I'm not looking for answers. I already got my answers. And I got my answers after doing a lot more work than they have done by Googling an article on genetics. Now, I do eventually address certain topics such as genetics for those who are sincerely interested in understanding why I know that genetics has nothing to do with it. And I do this because it helps me formulate what I already know into a thorough, helpful explanation for others. And second, I do it in the interest of those who are sincere and receptive to help them maintain a focus on the practical things that matter to their recovery and to not be led astray by the sea of insincere people out there who are simply looking to be right. So for those who are concerned about my lack of patience with certain individuals, don't be. I don't have any lack of patience with anybody. Rather, I have a qualification in place for who gets to use my time and who does not. But I am never impatient with sincerity and genuine receptiveness. If you ask me how I know that borderline personality disorder isn't caused by radioactive fallout from the bomb dropped on Hiroshima, as long as I perceive that your intentions for asking the question are genuine and sincere, I'll make sure to address that subject thoroughly in one medium or another. Now to close, what are some of the future topics we all have to look forward to on this program? Let me rattle off just a few in no particular order. Is borderline personality disorder genetic? Is it possible to develop BPD in adulthood? What were my personal milestones in my recovery from BPD? Can BPD be cured and how? How can you be there for your spouse who has BPD? Why do I have BPD but my siblings don't? Did I ever deal with depression during recovery? What causes some people with BPD to cheat on their significant others? If BPD is planted between the ages of birth and five or six years of age, what happens then between that age and adulthood? What are the reasons for anger in people with BPD? What are the specific steps I took in my recovery? Principles of forgiveness versus acceptance? What is the opposite of borderline personality disorder? The principles of capacity versus ability? And on and on and on. So stick around. 
we're going to eventually get to all these topics. And I hope that it will be an educational experience for all of us. And I'm looking forward to having more guests on the show and seeing what their experiences have been as well. That's it for the show today. I thank everybody for listening. And I hope uh, that you have an excellent week. Try to stay cool. Or if you're someplace cool, try to stay warm. And we'll talk again real soon. Thanks for listening.